This is the Endangered Species Podcast, the podcast by aspiring men for aspiring men from Phoenix, Arizona. This is Sean Bollendorf. I'm here with Logan Bonjean, man extraordinaire, legend on the mic, incredible media specialist, videographer, spirit-led. What a stud. How you doing, man? Dude, those are some kind words. <laughs> I will receive all of that. Thank you. <laughs> A hundred percent, dude. You got the flowy hair going, man. When was the last haircut? Uh, I trimmed it up a little bit a couple weeks ago, but the actual... No, I don't believe that. Yeah, but the the last... (laughs) I don't receive that. The last actual haircut was like in the spring, man, months ago. So Was it really? Probably like four months ago. The spring. Okay, dude. It's November right now. You're calling... What are you calling spring? August? (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's been a while. It takes a while. July is not the spring, man. You do have the Jesus look going. I'll give you that. It looks yeah. great. I'm just trying to imitate him, man. <laughs> In every way, shape, and form. What are we talking about today, man? We're going to talk about dating. Last week, we talked about singleness. So this week, we're going to tackle dating. We've talked about marriage before, too. We had a couple um, episodes on how to crush it at marriage, where you and Kim, your wife Kim, uh, gave some awesome wisdom on marriage. So we decided uh, in the last couple of weeks to tackle singleness, which I think was an awesome conversation, really important. And we're going to tackle dating this week. Yeah. And the reality is we live in a culture where, I don't know, I I almost feel like dating's gone by the wayside. You know, people used to date and some would date for the purposes of marriage. Most would date kind of like you date in high school, just for kicks, you know, just something fun to do, got nothing better to do. I want a girlfriend, I'm lonely, whatever. But I feel like, I don't know, am I wrong, dude? But it seems like dating's gone now. It's just like, you know, you live in this culture where people aren't really trying to follow scripture. Not that scripture says you should date. Dating's not found in scripture. No, we'll touch on that. But that said, uh, they're they're just out there trying to hook up and, you know, they sort of like fall into a relationship. You start talking to someone. I don't know. It's text snap. It's DMs. It's all of the above. And, and then next thing you know, like four months later, uh, we're Facebook official or whatever. You yeah, know? right. It's like, yeah, I don't think I don't know if dating's fallen by the wayside, but it's like you said, definitely a lot more ambiguous now. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate my Christian men out there because there are some guys really trying to do it right, man. Fortunately, getting to do what we do, we spend a lot of time trying to share the gospel with college guys. We get a lot uh, of opportunities to disciple them, mentor them, be influenced by them. In all honesty. And man, I keep running into dudes and you wouldn't expect someone to say this in in this day and age, but who are killing it, man. They're, they're really trying to follow the Lord. They're trying to take, uh, sexual purity seriously. And some of those guys are like, man, I think I'm ready to date. I'm think I'm ready to date unto marriage. Some of those guys are 28. Some of those guys are 22, you know, or 21 even stuff like that. And one thing I always tell these guys, Logan is man, healthy marriage begins with healthy dating. Healthy dating begins with healthy relating. Mm -hmm. Healthy relating begins with each individual being healthy. Yeah. You know, and and then there's a lot there, but ultimately so much of our single years, you know, if you are preparing to lead a family and, and, you know, be the godly man, who's the man of the house and the, the head of the home and and treating your wife as a co-heir and leading a Christ-centered marriage, dude, there is a lot of preparation that goes into that. And I think that's where I was naive. 
as a single guy, I was like, yeah, we'll just get married one day. And I was doing some things to prepare. I was, you know, thinking back to my single years, I spent a lot of time uh, memorizing scripture. I spent a lot of time in relationships trying to learn how to resolve conflict, you know, and I wasn't very good at it. Um, I spent time trying to learn how to lead guys and have a ministry. Um, I, I didn't learn anything about money, as I've shared on many times. There, there are gaps in my training. But man, while you're a single man, even prior to just dating, man, there is so much preparation of self that needs to be done. Am I wrong? No. And I think that's the this probably the sole purpose as to why we're recording this episode right now as to why we had the singleness conversation last week is because like you mentioned that God honoring wife honoring marriage that we as young men should be aspiring to, um, me as a young man, I should be aspiring to, you don't just, I don't, I don't think you stumble into that. Nobody stumbles into that. It happens on purpose, man. Everybody's got the story of, well, my grandparents, you know, they, they met on a Friday and got married on a Sunday. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like the, you know, they're, they're 50 years into a great marriage. I'm like, well, you know, everybody knows some, you know, story of some 110 year old chain smoker too. Like, dude, that's, that's not the, the blueprint. That is the anomaly way far out anomaly exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, like you said though, that's that's why we're here. It's to prepare well and to be intentional and purposeful instead of just um passive and and reactive. I think a lot of times about Proverbs 14:15 it says a simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thought to his steps. When it comes to the area of dating and marriage, Dude, this, there's no bigger area in your life than who you choose for a life partner uh, and how you treat her for life and how you, you lead, lead her. The prudent man or the wise man gives thought to his steps. He goes, man, I need to strategize. I need to work on myself. I need to grow so that I can be a better husband. Ultimately, there are no guarantees relationships are messy, man. Relationships are confusing. I've seen godly people marry and divorce. I've seen two people you thought, man, this is going to be an incredible marriage and incredible family. And they, they ended up, you know, years later, bad decisions. He's, he's living over in some apartment across town. She hates him. And maybe it was porn addiction. Maybe it was an affair. Maybe it was just, she was selfish. I mean, There are no guarantees, man. I've seen great marriages go south. But I do think in general, healthy marriage begins with healthy dating. Healthy dating begins with healthy relating. Healthy relating begins with healthy individuals who are mature and have been prepared and have invested in themselves. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think our hope in this episode is at least to provide um, some semblance of this, this is some these are some practical ways you can walk this out. And so that that's always our hope with these episodes and we're excited to jump into it. Like how, how do I as an unmarried guy actually do that? Like take steps towards a God honoring and wife honoring marriage. How do I date a woman? How do I do it? Tell me. (laughs) Well, we're not the authority on it, man, but we are going to wax not eloquently on the topic. The first thing that comes to my mind, learn to communicate. 
Man, a woman loves a man, guys, who knows how to communicate. Do you know how to talk? Do you know how to be kind with your words? Do you know how to actually tap into your feelings and share how you feel? Do you know how to ask interested questions? Do you know how to listen? I read an entire book on listening. I'll tell you, I still give myself a C minus in listening. (laughs) Um, But it's so important to learn how to look a woman in the eye and communicate. Uh, We mentioned a book last week called Crucial Conversations. It's an incredible book uh, through which you can invest in yourself and your ability to communicate. There's something called triangulation in communication. That's a big word. Yeah. Nice flex. (laughs) And as you might guess, uh, the word three comes through in the definition, triangulation. Essentially what it means is two people are in a conflict and either through manipulation or hinting around or just overtly being immature, you pull a third person in. It could be talking through a third person, you know, like when you're in second grade, you know, ask that girl if she likes me, kind of immaturity. That's what I think of, yeah. But man, people do it as adults, you know, they triangulate and the mature man does not do that. The godly man deals directly. He has direct communication with the person he's talking with. He engages in direct communication with the person he's talking with. I see a lot of guys these days whose parents did the communicating for them over the years. And in an attempt to, I don't know, protect their kids from difficult situations, as one friend of mine said, uh, we disabled our kids. We didn't disciple our kids. Mm. And he was not talking about his own family because, dude, he discipled his kids. But he was talking about his generation, Mm. my generation. We're supposed to disciple them, man, we disabled them because we did everything for them. This area of learning to be a good communicator is so important for this generation of guys and girls, but especially for guys because guys just naturally aren't as good with words. Yeah, I like how you talked about not beating around the bush either. And I think there, there's an unhealthy way to do that. Like you, I've seen guys be like, well, I'm not trying to beat around the bush. And then they'll be really abrasive and like kind of a bulldozer in communication. Yeah. But there is a gentle way to be really direct and really clear. And I think of the phrase clarity is kindness. Like that's true. If you can be clear, that is a kind thing to do um, in a relationship, especially in a dating relationship. hundred percent. I think that's a Brene Brown. I, I agree with that totally. So communication, learn to communicate. The second thing I would say to young guys, how to date a woman learn to navigate. Don't just learn to communicate, learn to navigate. What do I mean by that? What is a navigator? A navigator on a ship is the guy whose job it is to steer the ship, right? Well, do you think this guy is looking 10 feet out on the water ahead of the ship? Do you think he's looking a hundred feet out ahead of the ship? No. Through instruments, this guy is looking miles and miles of nautical miles out onto the water right? He's charting a course. John Maxwell says in his book, 21 Laws of Leadership, that uh, it takes a leader to chart a course. And some people are naturally good at this, and a lot of people are not naturally good at this. Uh, As a young man, I was not naturally good at navigating, seeing the future, being a visionary, trying to steer the relationship. I remember one time I took a bunch of guys on a ski trip. There were probably 25 of us, guys and girls, to Colorado. And halfway through the trip, my mentor pulled me aside. I shared this on an earlier episode, but he pulled me aside and goes, man, 
dude, people are really getting frustrated with you. And I was like, what's going on? He goes, you don't communicate to anybody about what's going on, what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen the next day, where we need to meet, where we're renting skis. Just winging it. I'm just winging it, man. Here's the thing. Winging it has its place. Spontaneity has its place. My wife calls it poorly planned. I call it spontaneity. (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately, a lot of people want to know where the ship is going. And if you're dating a woman, it's not enough just to communicate for today. You have to communicate for today and think for tomorrow. And obviously, that can be a dialogue with her, of course. You don't have to do it all on your own. But you do have to navigate into the future in your mind. Where's this relationship going? What's the pace of this relationship? Sometimes guys will ask me, I want to handle this relationship. I want to ask this girl out. I want to handle this relationship well. What do I need to think about? And I give them the three P's. Person, pace, and path. Person, is this the right person? Does she have the right character? Does she love the Lord? There's a lot that goes into, is this the right person? And you can measure people against scripture, especially their character, their life purpose. What are they living for? That's person. And then there's, uh, we'll go with path. Then there's path. Path is what direction is each of our lives headed in? If she's moving to China as a missionary tomorrow and God's calling me to be an engineer in New York City, we're on different paths. That That's probably not going to work. Okay, now that doesn't mean that you can't ever ask a woman to change her path, to join you and, and to be you know on a path together, either to join your path or to form a new path together. But ultimately, those paths need to be somewhat similar. And then ultimately, there's pace. How fast is this? should this relationship go? And when it comes to leading a woman and navigating where this relationship is going, this is a mistake I see a lot of guys make. They increase the number of pings, meaning texts, calls, snaps, DMs, etc., to a rapid pace very quickly. And now the relationship is escalated emotionally far too early. Do you see that, Logan? Am I, am I from outer space here? No, you're right. I think, and, and part of it's understandable. Like guys get excited and they kind of jump the gun a little bit. I get that. I think I've probably been there at times. Um, but yeah, even reflecting on those three person path and pace, I think person and path can be a little bit more straightforward, but pace is kind of the more, okay, like ambiguous gray. Like, how do I feel this out? How do I do this the right way? When is the right time to say this or have this conversation? When is too slow? When is too fast? I think that's where we use wisdom to navigate. But that's, I think, in in my mind of those three that you listed, person, path, and pace, that's probably the most challenging one. It may may not be the hardest decision to make. Like I think path and person can be harder decisions to make, but those feel more clear to me than a pace type of conversation. My advice would be when in doubt, slow down. Yeah. When in doubt, slow down. Now, some of the guys who are listening, they've been friends with a girl for three years. They've seen her life. They've served in a ministry with her. They've seen her character. They're like, man, this girl is consistent, faithful, godly. She is serving the Lord. She's good relationally. She's a hard worker. And these are the kind of things you should be attracted to, by the way. Uh, Man, do you have to go and date that girl for three years before you get married? No, you have a longstanding relationship. So much of dating, though, if you're getting to know a girl through dating, and that is one way to get to know a girl, 
is like a used car salesman selling a car. Like everybody, both sides of the relationship are trying to put their best foot forward, trying to smell a certain way, look a certain way, hide certain weaknesses. How refreshing would it be if, you know, a newly dating couple just sat down together and and talked about everything they're bad at, everything they're weak at, what are your flaws? (laughs) That'd be amazing. That's in my mind, like how I gauge depth of a relationship. That's how I think in my mind, how I gauge how far you are into a relationship, maybe maybe more so than the actual time itself is. I, I was talking to my friend Spencer about this recently. It's like you can only really know a person so well until you've like seen them walk through hard things. Like that's an aspect of dating that if you've never seen the person you're dating walk through a challenging situation or a hard thing, it's going to be really hard to actually know that person because a lot of times our trials are kind of a fire that purifies everything else away and you see what's actually there. You see what's actually at the core. And so I think you're right, whether it's a challenging situation or whether it's just like real life, like you were saying, in dates, both people are putting the best foot forward. You need to see this person do real life. And I think that that's the only really way to get to know a person well. And you make a good point. Like if if you've been friends with this person for years, that changes the conversation. That's why this is this is circumstantial, because if you just met this girl on Hinge this week, that's not a bad thing, but it may just have to cause you to, to move things a little slower, like as you get to know this person. A and lot not, slower. Yeah, and not jump the gun. And and that's okay. Like it's it's just a different circumstance. It's not like one's necessarily better than the other. But um, yeah, I think it's in terms of your pace, those two situations and everything in between, that changes the conversation a lot, changes the timeline a lot. This is the biggest decision of your life. You cannot go too slow. You cannot be too careful. You cannot be too thorough. And the problem is when you are making this decision, you are in like, and ultimately you become in love and you're emotionally blinded. You're right. And I think it it's a serious problem if you can't point out any flaws in this girl's life. Like if the girl you're dating, if you can't point out any flaws or any sins or any shortcomings in her life that's in my mind that's a problem like i think guys think it's a good thing when they're like man she's perfect like nothing wrong with her that's a red flag in my mind like if there's nothing that you see in her life that she could grow in and that's not saying like you should be nitpicky and like pick out all the little areas that she falls short no but if you can't point out any shortcomings in her life i think you have blinders on and and you're you don't really know this person and by the way gents you should serve your friends who are dating a woman by asking them, what are her weaknesses? What do you love about her? But also, what are her weaknesses? What do you like about her? What's she bad at? What are her gaps? What are her flaws? Does she have any blind spots? Uh, I have no idea. Then you're not ready to escalate. Keep spending time because, and, and you know, one of the things Kim and I did, we prayed for conflict in our dating relationship. We prayed that we would come across disagreements. We prayed that we would have sticky situations that made us work through differences and also just conflicts in the moment. And man, God answered that prayer. (laughs) So let me put a bow though on navigation because we said guys that you need to learn how to be good at communicating. We said that you need to learn how to improve at navigating. Um, I I think of Proverbs 21, five, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. If you're just flying by the seat of your pants, that's a good working definition for being hasty. What does it mean to be hasty? Flying by the seat of your pants, winging it, making it up as you go along. Now, some of that works, right? And it depends on your personality. But that said, you need to be able to navigate for the relationship. Logan, give us our third tip for how to date a woman. 
Yeah, this this may sound similar to learn to navigate, but we're going to break it down some. I think just learn learn to lead, which sounds straightforward, but let's talk about like what does it look like to learn to lead in a dating relationship, Sean? Yeah, that's a great point. I, I'm glad you're making a distinction there, bud, because navigation, charting the course, that is one aspect of leadership. But leadership encompasses a whole gamut of skills, character attributes, abilities, and I think all of us can develop ourselves in leadership. One of the things I did when I was a single man is I read marriage books and I read parenting books. Interesting. (laughs) And what I realized, I was already reading discipleship books because I was involved in Stumo Campus Ministry, and man, I was growing from the guys that were discipling me, and they were feeding me some some all-time classic great books, you know. Disciples are made, not born is one that comes to mind. That said, what I realized reading these three genre of books is that they were really one genre. Marriage books are parenting books, are leadership books, and I'll add are discipleship books. Yeah. Last year, as a single dude, I read The Dad Difference by Brian Loritz. It's all about being a dad, and I'm not a dad, but it literally, I came away from it being like, this is a book about discipleship. Yeah, exactly. You are a dad. You're a mentor in guys' lives. Some of you're a young dad. <laughs> Single father. <laughs> yeah. At least you're not having to pay any child support or anything. Yeah, it's a good gig. Discipleship's a good gig, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, how much did you learn about how to lead those guys from reading the dad difference? So much. Like an unbelievable amount. Yeah, and what I would contend, Logan is that some of the things you learned are going to help you lead at home when you're married, not just your kids, but also being a good leader for your wife. We're co-heirs with our wife, okay? God says that uh, the man is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Our culture hates that. Um, And in part, our culture hates that because they've seen it done really wrong. Yeah, which is understandable. It's understandable. That's gotten abused. I get that. At the same time, God does give the man and the woman different roles in marriage. We are equals. We are co-heirs. We're equally valuable. We both are image bearers of our maker himself. But that said, there is a leadership impetus put on the man by the Lord. And if that's the case, even prior to marriage, even prior to dating, I need to learn how to lead and all that that encompasses. It might be being an example to others, uh, being a pace setter, uh, maybe in scripture memory or prayer or just excellence, just being a person of excellence, punctuality. It may be so many things. Uh, Learning to lead through communication, as we talked about earlier. Learning to give away leadership is part of leadership. You know, I think some people look at Christian marriage and they're like, so just the man says everything that's going to happen and the wife just does it. No, you, you've been married for a long time in a really healthy marriage. I know it's not perfect, but I've heard you remark before that there's been very few times where you're like, I'm making the call. And, and you've, you've talked about how you and Kim as a team are making decisions. I remember watching Ohio State in the national championship football game years and years ago. Jim Tressel was still the coach there, so I don't know. Maybe it was 12 or 15 years ago. Yeah, early 2000s. He called a timeout. Uh, It's kind of a famous play. There's some kind of PI on the play. I can't remember how it all went down. But essentially, I remember they 
zoomed the camera in and they had a mic close by uh, to Jim Tressel, his quarterback, and a couple of the receivers. And I'll never forget what happened because in the middle of this incredibly important moment in their lives and in the lives of anyone who gives money to Ohio State football, (laughs) these guys huddle up, just these, these four guys, and Tressel looks at the quarterback and he goes, what do you guys think will work? And I was just astonished. I was like, wait, what? The coaches is going to, and this one guy goes, dude, I think I can get him on a fade or something like that. You know, I can't remember. He didn't call him dude, but, uh, I remember being blown away. Number one, like they could have relayed that (laughs) to the other team. But what blew me away was, dude, this guy was giving away leadership. He trusted these guys and they trusted him. And in this moment, he didn't demand the play. He goes, you got, you guys have the feel out there. What do you think will work? Now, some people could look at that and they they could say, this guy is shirking leadership. I don't think so. I think he was giving leadership away, which is the most secure, powerful, influential form of leadership. To me, that's Christian marriage. I give Kim the call many times. That's just secure leadership. Ironically, passive leadership can look like secure leadership at times. I think, and and I think this is a good time to make the distinction we've been talking about leadership and marriage and the the biblical vision for um, a man and a wife. Sean, how is leading and dating different than leading in marriage? What what roles do you step into in that? What doesn't apply to dating? Let's let's break that down too, because it is different. Yeah, I would agree with that. One way you have to lead in your relationship with your girlfriend and in dating relationships is in sexual purity. You have got to lead out. I'll never forget a guy walking up to me between basketball games one time. I asked him how his date went that weekend. And he goes, man, to be honest, it, it kind of went south. We had a great time, dinner, blah, blah, blah. We drove up to this cliff overlooking this river. I knew the place, you know. And I'm thinking, man, this probably didn't end well, you know, from a purity standpoint. And he goes, he goes, and then, and I was like, and then what? He goes, and then she really disappointed me, man. She did something that kind of bummed me out. I was like, what? And he goes, well, we started getting physical and all that kind of stuff. And I, I was so confused. I was like, she really disappointed you. What are you talking about? And he goes, well, she just lacked self-control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I took the chance to say, brother, <laughs> you are the leader of the relationship. Like, you, it is your job to keep this girl holy. It's so interesting. It says in Ephesians that I am to wash my wife in the water of the word. In other words, God says to me on my wedding day, give her back to me better than I gave her to you. Give her back to me spotless, blameless. Give her back to me closer to me. That's the responsibility I have as a Christian husband. It's not that different from dating. It is your responsibility. It is your job to lead in holiness and purity. And even beyond the physical purity of that story, like the blame shifting and the shirking responsibility oh, is a whole host of other problems. It was, and so, it was so weak. Yeah, we do need to take responsibility. And I think I think it's important to touch on too that your girlfriend's role is not to submit to you as her boyfriend in the same way that a wife submits to a husband. How are those different? Like from a from a submission standpoint. Agree one hundred percent. She should be, as one man said, eyes wide open before the altar, eyes half closed after. This is what that means. 
when you are evaluating someone for marriage, should I marry this person? Should I not? Your eyes should be stuck wide open with toothpicks for their weaknesses. Like you don't want to miss a thing. You don't want to blink and miss their flaws, their sins, their bad habits. Now, this guy said after the altar, close them halfway. In other words, give grace. Yeah. Love covers a multitude of sins. Don't notice every flaw. Don't bug your spouse about every little thing. And I'm kind of bad about this, you know, even as I'm saying that, I feel the spirit convicting me, dude, because um I I kind of can nitpick. You know, I need to talk to my wife about that. Um, but it's so important before marriage that both of your eyes are wide open. It's not her job to just go along with bad leadership. Yeah. I will say, I feel for Christian wives because ultimately you do have to get on board with your husband. You have to respect him when he's not respectable. That's what it says in Ephesians. It says, wives, respect your husbands or submit to your husbands. I feel for men too. They have to love their wives when their wives are unlovable, right? But isn't that such a picture of Christ in the church? Like that's the cool part of marriage. And we could go on a whole tangent about that and do a whole episode dedicated to it. But that is a picture of the gospel. It's, it is loving someone when they're unlovable. It's respecting someone when they're not respectable. It's showing grace when there isn't forgiveness deserved or grace deserved. Like that is the essence of grace. It's unmerited favor. And so it is a really cool picture of the gospel. A hundred percent. And you are practicing some of that in dating. You're evaluating the other person, but you're also practicing the roles a little bit. Again, she doesn't need to submit to you. And if I had a daughter, I would say don't ever submit to uh, a man until you're married to him. Don't go along with you know, a bad decision. Once you get married, you kind of got to live with each other's decisions. And, you know, it's a, it's a dance. It's a lifelong dance for sure. I will say to single guys who are dating a woman that as you lead her, it's important to learn how to pastor her, how to, how to shepherd her heart, how to take an interest in how she's doing spiritually, how to, even if, if the Lord reveals something to you, you know, you gotta, you gotta point this out to her. You know, I, I see that relationship maybe being, uh, discouraging for you or a sapper for you. You might want to limit your time with that person. You know, those are the kinds of things I think is important for ultimately our best friend, uh, to say to us. Yeah. And you're not her primary spiritual leader in a dating relationship, but it's a good, it's a good thing to encourage her spiritually. It's a good thing to share what you're learning in God's word with her. Like it, it, those are good things. And I think they're an awesome way to grow and foster a relationship, but that does not mean that you're this girl's primary spiritual leader, that's a red flag. If you're if you're the one that's primarily pouring into her life spiritually, that's a problem. If she doesn't have someone who is discipling her, if you're the person that's discipling her in a dating relationship, uh that's that's not a that's that can be a recipe for disaster. Logan, you know what we need to do on a future episode? What do you think? Dude, I'm thinking we bring my wife on, maybe some single uh godly women as well, and we title it How to Be an Irresistible Christian Man. <laughs> <laughs> and basically they just talk about the things that are irresistible in a single Christian guy to Christian girls. They're talking about the things that a godly woman would be looking for. I love that idea. Let's make it happen. So Sean, we've talked about some awesome stuff. We've talked about learning to communicate well. We've talked about learning to navigate and chart the course. We've talked about learning to lead in a dating relationship. Do you have any closing thoughts for us in this conversation of, of leading a dating relationship with a woman? Here's my main thought. If the idea of leading a woman, dating and marrying a woman for life, 
doesn't scare you a little bit, then you don't know what it is. (laughs) I remember a couple of days before my wedding being scared to death. I did not have cold feet. I did not have regrets. I was not rethinking anything. But I remember when the magnitude of the moment hit me that I am now responsible for the life of another. Now, you hear a lot of dads say this when they have a kid, you know, like, whoa, now I'm responsible. I'm glad it hit me before just marriage. I'm glad it hit me before I had kids. That the responsibility, the weightiness of, and and Kim is not, it's not like we're talking about a helpless person. That's not what I mean. No, Kim's a rock star. Right. But it is my job to engage in this relationship as Christ. Mm -hmm. Like he is supposed to be living through me in this day-to-day relationship that is supposed to be a picture of the gospel, of unconditional love, of unconditional forgiveness, of unilateral covenant love. It's a huge responsibility. Scared me to death, dude. Still does as I'm talking. Yeah. So I think my wrap-up is just that scary comment. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm trying to say there, man. I, I think my point is, it's important to prepare now. Yeah. I don't care if you're 19 years old and women are not on your horizon for a long time. You're single and not willing to mingle. Okay. I get that. Bachelor till the rapture. That's fine. Oh I w- man, I've never heard that. Phrase <laughs> oh, before. come on. That's an old eighties, <laughs> man. <laughs> that's, that's brutal. That's so brutal. That's what I was thinking when I was in college, you know, my later college years, cause I was a dummy, but if that's you, man, you have a chance to prepare. Everybody wants to win, but so few have the will to prepare to win. And winning at marriage is a lot of work, man. Winning at dating is a lot of work. Start yesterday. Man, thanks for joining us this week, guys. We hope that these last couple episodes have served you and, and been helpful to you no matter what season of life you're in. I'm really encouraged at the prospect of all of us being able to crush it in these areas for those of us who aren't married, uh, getting ready and preparing for a future marriage someday. It's so valuable. And it's not just valuable for that future bound destination. It's valuable right here, right now that we get to become godly men and grow in Christ likeness. That's not just valuable for preparing for a future marriage. That's valuable right here and now. And so we're stoked that you guys were with us. As always, if you've got any thoughts, feedback, comments, send an email to endangeredspecies at gmail.com. Reach out to Sean on Instagram. Uh, We would love to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back next week.